Hey everybody and welcome back to Cash's Corner. Jan and I are out on the West Coast in different locations, but we didn't want to miss a week, especially with this week's State of the Union and all things the CCP balloon. Jan, where would you like to kick off this episode? Cash, that's right. I think we do need to talk about the State of the Union. I mean, what I, my mind has been on this balloon and I, whose mind hasn't been on the <laughs> balloon as it's been kind of traversing the entire continental United States only to be shot down at the end over there. So, but, but let's start with the State of the Union. And I think, you know, you should put your national security hat on here and let's look at the State of the Union through the national security lens. The part of the State of the Union that stuck out the most to me or was most alarming was the entire situation and how this administration has dealt with the CCP the Chinese Communist Party and Xi Jinping and his leadership there. And if you dissect it, instead of talking about in generalities like uh, President Biden did, he did bring up Chinese fentanyl, which is where I want to start. Um, he said 70,000 people died last year in America from Chinese fentanyl overdoses. That number is actually a little low, but it's still unacceptably too high. You're talking about thousands of deaths a week to get to that number and it is solely attributed to Chinese fentanyl. My biggest problem with it was Joe Biden's solution that he offered during the State of the Union, which was we need to increase drug detection machines and computer systems at airports and train stations. That, in my opinion, Jan, is not how you combat narco trafficking, especially when our government knows that Chinese fentanyl comes in through our country, not by air, or C, but through the, their partnership with the Mexican drug cartels and the kingpins south of the border. So there has to be a two-phased approach like we did in the Trump administration. What we did there was there was an economic approach against the CCP by levying tariffs across the board to many companies and individuals affiliated with the CCP that hamstrung their economy and forced the Chinese Communist Party to the table to address concerns such as fentanyl. The other measure is you got to go down south. You got to go down to Mexico and go after the drug traffickers where they exist, because without the drug traffickers in Mexico, the Chinese fentanyl doesn't make it into the United States. Drug detection machines at airports and border crossings are not going to do the job. We are only going to detect a minute amount of the fentanyl coming in through that system of surveillance, if we were to call it that. But there's a lot of things we can do. We can also levy tariffs on the Mexican government for allowing the CCP to partner with the drug cartels, because that's what they're doing. It's not like the Mexican government is prosecuting the CCP and their production and transportation of Chinese fentanyl through Mexico. They're just letting it happen. And we are taking no position against the Mexican government on that. So there has to be a multi-pronged approach and machines are just not the answer. You have to have a diplomatic approach, an economic approach, and a national security approach on the ground that attacks the drug traffickers. Now look, President Trump, to put it in juxtaposition, came out on Truth Social about maybe a couple weeks ago and said, essentially, if he's elected president again, drug traffickers in Mexico will receive the death penalty if they're convicted in the United States of America. Now, that is a substantial um, uptick um, in uh, the temperature when it comes to how we handle drug trafficking cases. And I, for one, agree with that measure that certain drug traffickers at certain levels after they're convicted should be uh, levied the death penalty. This administration is taking no such position. And so I just didn't see any substance on one of the biggest national security risks 
that America is facing right now via our number one adversary, the Chinese Communist Party, when it comes to fentanyl. So I thought that was wholly lacking on. I definitely want to talk about the Chinese Communist Party more and, you know, actually the fact that it was barely mentioned in the speech. But before we go there, I mean, there's just the general situation at the border and, you know, among this sort of huge amounts of people that are coming to the border every day, this creates this opening for these mules and these different operations to actually get the drugs in through the southern border. The illegal border crossings directly correlate with the amount of human trafficking, the amount of sex trafficking, and also the amount of drug trafficking that pours in through our borders. So if they are not willing to take on, in some form, a stronger border security policy, be it a border wall or elsewise, then these problems are going to continue to exist. But the only thing Joe Biden did in the State of the Union last night was pay lip service uh, to the radical left-wing agenda in the mainstream media. And sadly, you saw the headlines, John, the, day, the next day or the day after, that they are basically glorifying him for his approach to border security. And I don't know how you can say that when you look at the facts when it comes to the border and fentanyl. So those are two things that are inextricably intertwined, in my opinion, as is the sex trafficking, as is the human trafficking. And I saw no, from a national security perspective, I saw no actual policy decisions presented by our commander-in-chief to take any of those on. So 2023, unfortunately, I think is going to be a very rough year uh, when it comes to CCP, border crossings, Chinese fentanyl, and human trafficking. President Biden did mention very briefly something to the, to the tune of, if China violates our sovereignty, the American sovereignty, then he will deal with it. Um, but there, there was, that was about the extent of the mention of the Chinese Communist Party uh, in the speech itself. Now, this is happening, we're filming this on Wednesday, the morning following the State of the Union. The last couple of days, there have been, you know, multiple incursions into Taiwanese airspace by Chinese jets, right? And this is the reality, you know, the Chinese Communist Party has noted that it's very unhappy with the idea that Speaker McCarthy will be visiting Taiwan, which is one of his promises as he was going for the speakership. Um, so this is, this is, the, this context is valuable. I think so. And... You know, it's, it's interesting that uh, the new Speaker of the House has said he's going to go over to Taiwan and see the leadership and government there. That's more than just a, a sort of political statement. That's a national security position that I'm glad Speaker McCarthy is taking because it shows that at least leadership in the House of Representatives is willing to take on China and the CCP specifically. They don't want us there. Look, as chief of staff of DOD, we had to patrol and maintain observations at a heavy um, posture in the South China Sea. That's the waterway that separates mainland China from Taiwan. And we did so. We had aircraft carriers running through there and we had other national security devices in and around the region to make sure we were tracking their movements. When you fast forward now, two years after that administration ended and into the Biden administration, Xi Jinping is doing almost anything he wants in the South China Sea. They're increasing their presence and building more land structures, land islands, artificial, by the way, in the South China Sea. And they're also launching, as you pointed out, more aerial campaigns to show force, maybe to collect intelligence, maybe to threaten Taiwan or a combination of all those things to foreshadow what he ultimately wants to do, which is, I believe, take over Taiwan in some fashion. And unfortunately, our administration under the Biden regime is allowing this to occur. 
So I think it's another strategic failure when it comes to China. And you're right. He mentioned it in the speech, but he didn't say how he was going to countermand those actions that Xi Jinping and the CCP have taken, be it with fentanyl, border crossings, the South China Sea, Taiwan, and the aerial campaigns they're now running over there. What are we, the United States, going to do about it? I heard no answers from the commander in chief in his State of the Union on that. Well, one of the things was this balloon that basically crossed the continental United States with some kind of, you know, unknown payload. Um, we don't really know what it was doing there. Um, I can think of 15 different ways in which it could have been used, or in, in fact, it could be have been even used as a weapon of sorts and only to be shot down on the other side. Why don't we start at the beginning? What do you make of this whole thing? Well, first, let's get into the specifics of what the balloon is from an intelligence national security standpoint, Jan. So these balloons, it's no surprise to most Americans, are used for surveillance capabilities. And even though the Chinese Communist Party came in and said it was a weather collection apparatus, anyone and everyone knows that's a complete farce. Now, it would have been one thing, Jan, if as soon as the balloon hit the territorial waters of the United States and it was first detected on the Aleutian Islands, which is the western portion of Alaska, way out in the Pacific Ocean, where there are no human beings and essentially no marine traffic to take it out there. But for some reason, we detected it, and our Secretary of Defense and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Director of the National Intelligence made no phone calls to the Chinese Communist Party and their counterparts to say, what are you doing? That's the first measure that should have been taken immediately upon detection. A point-to-point -point cabinet secretary level phone call to say, what is the meaning of this? And if the, the answer to that question was unsatisfactory, then we should have immediately shot it down. Now, if you fast forward that, I just want to juxtaposition that with something that just happened this week. Secretary Austin, the defense secretary for the Biden administration, attempted to call his counterpart. Finally, after we shot the balloon down, his counterpart in China, the defense minister there, refused to take his phone call, Jan. That shows you the difference in how the Chinese respected cabinet secretaries in the Trump administration versus the Biden administration. And so I think that is a failure in not just operations, Jan, but it's a, it shows and exposes the weakness of America's WASTA on the diplomatic world stage that we can't even get the leadership of our military and intelligence apparatus to call their counterparts in China to take this thing head on. Was there an intentional decision to make sure that call didn't happen? That's something else we need answers from, from this White House. Because it's not like no one thought not to call them. Somebody had to, and somebody then made a decision to say, we're not going to call them. Or if we try to call them and they didn't pick up our phone calls, that still has yet to be reported. But either scenario is terrible from a national security standpoint. But now flipping back to what this balloon is actually capable of. Look, as a former deputy director of national intelligence, there's all sorts of mechanisms to collect, not just against people in the United States, Jan, not just against our phones and our laptops and our internet traffic and TikTok. And, you know, we've covered that endlessly as to why we call TikTok the new Chinese digital fentanyl. But those balloons serve a specific purpose, in my opinion, when they traverse our entire continental United States of America, starting in Alaska. They are looking at national security installations across our country, from Alaska to Montana, down to Carolina. We have military bases in every single one of those locations. We have other facilities, intelligence and otherwise, in every single one of those locations. And I bet you the CCP knows that. 
the trajectory of this balloon, and I just want to make sure people understand this, it's not like you just light it, uh, or it's not like you just fill it with helium and you set it on its way. It is actually controlled by human beings, probably from somewhere in mainland China, as to its direction and where it's going next. And it's done with a strategic purpose. Those locations, which is why the governors in these states were freaking out, and rightfully so. Why is this thing collecting this information? And we didn't even make any effort, as far as I'm aware, Jan, to, again, call the CCP and the government there once it entered our mainland, our heartland in the Midwest. So from a strategic and national security and intelligence standpoint, I think the Biden administration uh, failed across the board. And we haven't even gotten to the uh, shoot down yet. Well, what I there's there's a few things uh, that's worth that are worth mentioning at this point. One of them is there's no structure under the Chinese Communist Party, which is essentially you know the entire you know military and civilian structures in communist China that that isn't mm -hmm. what's called dual use, dual purpose. So mm -hmm. you know if if something's a weather yeah. balloon, it's also doing uh, intelligence gathering for the military. It's never one or the other over there. That's just structurally how things go. So that, that, that's just important to note. The thing that I found really kind of bizarre, frankly, throughout the course of the transit of the balloon across the continental United States was the kind of ever-evolving narrative about what was happening with it. Right, including at one point, you know, I think the the, the journalist said, "Hey, we don't the people have a right to know what it's doing, what it's doing up there?" And the and the spokesperson said, "Well, you have a right to look up and see it, or something like that." It was very strange to me. Well, it was. It, unfortunately, it's worse than strange, John. I mean, when you talk about not just the collection capabilities it has, what we didn't talk about was apparatuses like this balloon. It's not like it's a VHS recorder from the 80s where you have to remove the tape and then physically transfer its location back to mainland China in order for them to exploit the data. They were getting lifetime collection feeds, is my opinion, based on my experience in government, that were communicating photographs and other intelligence for days on end across the American heartland and Alaska. So they already have the intel. So every hour that that balloon was in the air over America, more and more intel was being relayed back to mainland China on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. So now we know China got away with it. They have all this information. They were doing it for a strategic purpose. And the Biden administration's response was literally to sit on their hands. It's now been reported in the media that they actually detected the balloon a few days before it was put out in the media that the balloon was up over Alaska. So they intentionally decided to withhold that information from the American public. Now let's go to the shoot down. Okay, we finally shot it down after the balloon crossed over the Carolinas and hit the Atlantic Ocean and their recovery effort was underway. Well, that actually is a good thing because we need to go in there and recover it and see what kind of capabilities and payload are on this balloon so we know and can reverse engineer what China and the CCP were doing to us and we can call them out on their lies. That should have happened on the other side, literally, of the world when the balloon hit the Aleutian Islands and the territorial waters of the United States of America. I think you saw the strategic difference between how President Trump would have handled this versus how Biden would have handled this. And look, I can tell you for a fact that I talked to President Trump during the balloon saga. And I said, sir, you know, if this happened during our watch, 
I would have told you immediately, and I think I know what your response would have been, and he basically said, yeah, shoot it down. What's the next national security thing we need to focus on? It would not have lasted days. It would have been handled immediately. Now the American people have to ask themselves, were they satisfied with the approach that Joe Biden took at the State of the Union when it comes to the balloon and other national security um, matters that uh, are plaguing our country? So another few things that are worth noting, you know, we've had in our in our records, there was a comparable balloon that uh, the Chinese Communist Party launched, which was back in 2018, that was actually carrying hypersonic payloads, like basically missiles of sorts, not over America. But the point is that this kind of a balloon definitely can have this sort of capability. Um, there's, there was all sorts of discussion about, you know, a potential EMP being on board. Um, you know, there could be some sort of gas in the actual sort of the, the, the balloon part of the balloon as opposed to the payload. Um, anyway, there, there's multiple ways aside from intelligence gathering that such a device could be used. No, absolutely. It could be an offensive weapon, for lack of a better term. And since we supposedly have recovered it from the Atlantic Ocean, those answers should be readily available. Now, will those answers be provided to the American public? I don't think so. I think they'll be kept classified by the Biden administration when it's taken to the appropriate uh, location to sort of cull through the wreckage and damage and then reverse engineer what was on there. But you're right. There's every, every chance and every possibility that there could have been a projectile that could have been launched from that balloon, that there could have been um, a lethal combination of gases and or liquids in that balloon, that there could have been things other than just intelligence collection from that type of apparatus. And we should be told those answers, but I think, unfortunately, what the Biden administration will do is they will say, okay, we've recovered it, America is now safer, and he will, yet again, say another empty epithet from the State of the Union, like he said, if China enters our sovereignty, they will take it head on. I mean, when Joe Biden says that, it's completely meaningless. China entered our airspace 10 days ago and allowed this balloon to traverse our airspace for a week and change, and he did nothing. So that is the thing I would like our audience to focus on, that there is a difference between what he was saying in the State of the Union and the actions taking um, when it comes to our national security. So uh, I think we got a long way to go. Unfortunately, it's another victory, in my opinion, for the CCP and the Communist Party over America's national security apparatus. Something we really do have to talk about with respect to the balloon was, again, this sort of evolving narrative around balloons that apparently had come perhaps into American airspace or, you know, it's actually unclear exactly where they were, perhaps off the coast, perhaps even over the continental United States during the Trump administration. Initially, it was said that uh, that this was something the Trump administration knew. Um, numerous officials came out, I believe, including yourself, saying we knew nothing of this. And now we had the top NORAD general coming out and saying, well, actually, it's true. We didn't know anything of it back then, but now we know. And it's very difficult to square all of this. What, what do you think? Well, what, the reason it's so difficult to square is because, again, the Biden administration chose to lie to the American public and immediately analogize a situation that they had to confront to something that, oh, look, it also happened during Trump, because that's their safety button. That's their exit. That's how they get out of this scenario. But 
when you have the former deputy director of national intelligence like myself, or the former director of national intelligence like Johnny Ratcliffe, or the former secretary of state, or the former secretary of defense like Chris Miller, all come out and immediately say, we were never presented with any intelligence whatsoever to show that the CCP or otherwise were floating aerial devices over mainland America. We know that did not happen. And then the Biden administration continued to mar the waters, or muddy the waters, I should say, because they said, oh, well, we, we couldn't detect it then, but we can detect it now. I don't even know what that means, John. What are they saying? They're going back through five years worth of intelligence collection, and they're saying, we missed it? I know they're not going to say that because we didn't. Um, what, they're going to go back and rejigger the puzzle to say, oh, look, the, the generals at NORTHCOM, and just so a sidebar, NORTHCOM is the United States Northern Command. They are, t they are responsible from a military national security standpoint for the protection of the territory that is the continental United States of America. And NORAD is an installation that rests within NORTHCOM. So the top general there is who you alluded to earlier, Jan. He himself came out and uh, basically backed the position that we all made very public this uh, once the Biden administration, we believe, chose to lie to the American public. And another point, the Biden administration said publicly, you know, we're going to go brief Trump officials um, who were in DOD and Intel. Well, you know, we talked and our position is we are going to refuse any such briefing uh, from the Biden administration because we don't have any faith since you already lied to the American people about this situation that you will be uh, forthcoming in what you produce to us. But more importantly, it's not that we need to see it if it exists. It's that the American people need to see it. And they are going to service up a bunch of classified nonsense that they'll say you can never talk about it. And they'll go out and basically do what Adam Schiff did for five years during Russiagate and says, look, I've got the evidence, but I can't show you because it's classified. So we're not going to let them run that ruse again on the American public, which is why we stood up in unison across the board once this information broke. And I think you're going to see this scenario continue to implode on the Biden administration. And let me just say this, Jan, though, it's not a victory for us. Just because we were right in the Trump administration, it's a loss that we are dealing with this um, against national security interests of America. And we have a president and a cabinet administration that fails to grasp the severity of it and chooses to lie about it rather than have any accountability uh, towards the American people they're supposed to be safeguarding. Cash, I just want to clarify to be sure here, and I, the, this top NORA general, he himself said that we believe these incursions did happen during the Trump administration, these three incursions that are alleged, but, but that, that they were not, that we were just weren't aware of them at the time. Well, that's, you're right. That's what he said, and that's what doesn't square with me. What, what do you mean you believe they happened? Then you mean you detected them and failed to tell the Secretary of Defense, the Director of National Intelligence, the Director of the FBI, the Attorney General, the President of the United States, the Vice President, and so on? That would be a strategic failure um, of epic proportions from our chain of command. Did, are, is there a videotape of a balloon from America that was hidden to the Trump administration from by our military and intelligence officers? that didn't make its way to the, you know, the presidential daily briefing, which I was a part of running and handling and doing. No, that's absurd. As an individual who helped create, as the deputy DNI, the presidential daily briefing, the most sensitive intelligence collection that we provide to the president of the United States and the cabinet secretaries, I can tell you without equivocation that during my tenure, there was not one shred of intelligence that came across that showed that even the possibility 
of a balloon from the Chinese Communist Party or otherwise was going to cross the territorial waters of the United States of America? Well, I guess hopefully we'll find out what they mean. Um, <laughs> well, actually, Jan, you raise a really good point. I, I know we, we've talked about it extensively on past episodes, but I just want to highlight one thing. Congress is going to have the opportunity to conduct some oversight here. And Congress, at the, uh, this should fall to the Armed Services Committee and the Intel Committee, in my opinion, because that's the two lanes it fits in. They should request all the documentation, not just on this balloon, but all the documentation that that NORAD general is making that statement on, which I think is totally baseless. And the rest of the Biden administration, I believe, is lying. What is the intelligence that you are now saying years later, this happened before, but it wasn't detected then? That just doesn't pass the smell test to me. And these committees of jurisdiction have the right and authority to subpoena this documentation and these witnesses, and they should do that, Jan. Well, from what I understand, the Gang of Eight is going to be briefed on this balloon. Perhaps they'll be briefed on those other balloons at the same time. Um, any final thoughts, Cash? No, I think, you know, the State of the Union was, you know, whatever your politics are, it's an opportunity for the world to see where America stands from my perspective, in the national security, defense, intel, law enforcement uh, spaces. And tragically, I think uh, President Biden failed across the board. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done to hold some people accountable. Cash, I think it's time for our shout out. So Jan, this week's shout out goes to Erica Knight, who has been kind enough to let us into her home. And of course, she is a dear friend of the shows and my publicist, who's in charge of my life. So we greatly appreciate Erica welcoming, welcoming us into her home. And we appreciate all the comments on the board. We greatly enjoyed the live chat last week and every week. And we hope to see you all next week on Cash's Corner.